great to have all the kids with us here this morning. We're going to continue our series, the book of Acts. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there to Acts chapter 10. As we've said over and over in this series, the book of Acts has this outline, chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus said this, this is a key verse in the book. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so that's what the book of Acts is about. And that's what we see Jesus doing. That's what we see the spirit of God doing through the church as we see the church being a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ, starting in Jerusalem and Acts 2 pours out his Holy Spirit on the church in Jerusalem. And then they start speaking in tongues and people, 3,000 people get saved. God's doing this really big thing. So starting in Jerusalem and then we see God continuing to miracles, heal people, uh, people come to Christ, uh, Jewish people coming to Christ. And then we see Samaritans coming to Christ. Uh, Ethiopian eunuch and a uh, Samaritans coming to Christ in, in Acts chapter 8. And then here in Acts chapter 10, we're going to see Gentiles coming to Jesus. We're going to see the gospel spreading more and more. And yet we see some resistance that even the apostle Peter has to God's plan. He has, he, he needs some clarification. He needs some revelation. He has some barriers within his own heart and his own mind based on his cultural upbringing. He needed some barriers to be overcome, some prejudice overcome in his own heart and in his life so that he could Join in with what God's doing. To so we're going to look at that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time, for your word and the opportunity to open it up and see what you have to say to us. And we pray that you would speak to us, that we would hear you, that we would respond, that your Holy Spirit would work deeply in our hearts and that we would be moved on to your agenda, that we would be on board fully with what you want for us, for our church, in this city. So come and have your way here today. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the big idea this morning. The big idea is simply this, that the gospel message is for all people. The gospel message is for all people, and through it, the dividing barriers of racial prejudice is conquered. The gospel is for all People, God wants all people to hear it, to believe it, to experience salvation through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And the gospel tears down those barriers of prejudice and racism within our hearts and brings reconciliation and unites us together as one people, one family with one Lord and one faith. Amen. And so Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people, and he prayed continually to God. And about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God came in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. 
And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel spoke to him, had departed, he called his two his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. So here we got this guy, Cornelius, who wasn't Jewish, okay? So mostly we're seeing, in Acts, we're seeing Jewish people come to Christ, and we're starting to see some Samaritans and Ethiopian, and, and, and now there's this, um, this Gentile who was a military leader, so, um, a centurion was a commander of a hundred men. He, he had at least a hundred men that he was responsible for, in charge of, that he would command and lead. And they were paid well. They were paid more, I think, five times as much as a, uh, a typical soldier in uh, a Roman soldier. And um, he, so he was wealthy. He was intelligent. He was devout. He, he feared God with all of his household. He was a family man. He was leading his household to fear and reverence and worship the God of Israel. He was what was called a God-fearer. So a Gentile who had who had turned towards the God of Israel. He was generous. He gave alms to the poor. He was prayerful. He was upright. And he had a good reputation. This guy was, he seemed like a pretty good guy. Okay, but you know what? He needed something. He needed to be saved. He needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and believe it. And experience the forgiveness that comes through the name of Jesus and Jesus alone. Later on in the story we see in, in Acts 10.43, Peter says this. He says, to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is important, young people. Because there has to come a point in your life when you believe in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of your sins. Okay? You can't rely on mom and dad's faith to provide forgiveness of sins for you and salvation for you. You have to take ownership of your own faith in Jesus Christ and believe your mom and dad can't do that for you. Okay, And the gospel promises, the good news of Jesus Christ promises that there's forgiveness of sins for you who believe in Jesus in his name, through his name. And in Acts eleven fourteen, Peter's explaining what happens to the Gentiles. These Gentiles get saved. The Holy Spirit falls upon them, which we'll see shortly. And he says, he declared, he declared to you a message by which you will be saved, you and your household. And then in Acts 4.12, we were introduced to this truth that says that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved. Jesus Christ is the one and only Savior of the world, the only hope of salvation. There are people who will tell you, yeah, there's many ways to God. I can get to God doing my own thing. I can be saved and following my own religion and create my own religion in my own way. But Jesus didn't say he was just a way. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father God except through me. 
So we here at City Church are going to proclaim that. We're going to point people to Jesus Christ as the way, the only way to salvation, the only Savior and Lord of all. Okay, so let's continue the story here. So here, the next day, Peter, as they were on their journey, uh, the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. That's a good Good thing to do at, I uh, believe, noon there. And he became hungry and he wanted something to eat. And does that ever happen to you while you're praying? You're, you're praying and you're having your quiet time with the Lord. You become hungry and you want something to eat and you get distracted. My son Carson is like, yes, that happens to me, dad. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and he saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending being let down by its four corners upon the earth and in it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air and came a voice rise peter and eat and peter said by no means lord for i've never eaten anything that is common or unclean and the voice came to him again a second time what god has made clean do not call common this happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. While Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision he had seen meant might mean, behold, the men were, were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house. He stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. While Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear what you have to say. So he invited them to be his guest. The next day he arose and went with them. And some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and he fell down at his feet, his feet in worship. Now, now, Peter didn't let him do this. He didn't let him stay at his feet. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, would let somebody worship him because he is God. He is Lord. Okay, but Peter knew that though he was an apostle and he, and he was chosen by God to lead as a church leader, it was inappropriate for anybody to bow before a mere man and worship a man like this. And so Peter tells him, Peter lifted him up saying, stand up. I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection and I and I asked then, why have you sent for me? And Cornelius says this. He said, four days 
Four days about this hour, I was praying in my house and at the ninth hour and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He's lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once and and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to, to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. This is awesome. Peter has an audience set before him. Okay? Now, first of all, God prepared Peter and he prepared Cornelius for this experience. Okay? Peter had to overcome some prejudice in his heart. It didn't make much sense for him at first to see this vision of these animals that in the Old Testament, God said, don't eat these animals. Okay? Pork, pigs, and... Whatever the animals were, specifically, there were, there were, there were animals that God in the Old Testament says, don't eat that, right? And, and, and so Peter's like, God, I've never, I've never eaten anything like that before. I, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. No, Lord. So he objects. And Jesus says, don't call common or unclean what I've made clean. And Jesus is talking about specifically about Gentiles. This is the heart of the message that Jesus was trying to get through to Peter that he wasn't to view non-Jewish people as this unclean thing or person. He was to welcome them. He was to associate with them. And, and so he had to overcome this prejudice in, in, in his heart. Between the Jews and Gentiles, there was great hostility. There was, there was racism and there was racial tension. Okay. The Jews who were trying to be faithful Jews and follow God and do what was right before God and not be defiled, they thought the best way to do that is to have nothing at all to do with the Gentiles. Just stay completely away from them. Yet we see, even in the Old Testament, we see that God's plan for the Jewish people was that they would be a light to the Gentiles. Isaiah 49. And you go all the way back to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham, you know, the father of the Jews, right? He told Abraham, I will bless you and through you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so God has this big global plan to bless the whole world through the Jewish people. The gospel came through to, well, to Jewish people and it started and it started being heralded from Jerusalem and it went out from Jerusalem and it's going out to the whole world. And Jesus says before he comes back, the gospel will be preached to every nation, everybody, every tribe, everybody's going to hear the gospel and then I'm coming back. Okay, I wonder how close we are to that. And here at City Church, we are committed to gospel proclamation to everybody. We're committed to racial reconciliation. One of our values here is unified diversity. And this is, this comes straight from the heart of God is that God has a people he has redeemed a people and is redeeming those from every tribe and every tongue. That's what heaven is going to look like. I love just looking out here today and just seeing the diversity amongst us. It's beautiful. It, that comes straight from the heart of God. Okay, It's a witness to the lost world. 
comes straight from the heart of God, yet it has challenges to our comforts. Diversity challenges us in, in many ways. But yet it's a good thing that we love and we embrace here. We enjoy it, we embrace it, and we want to be intentional about encountering those who are different than us, who look different than us, who maybe worship a little bit different than us, uh, maybe who eat different food than us. We, we want to re- reach across the cultural boundaries for the sake of the gospel. And this is what God was doing with Peter. Peter had this, some prejudice in his heart. He has, he, by the way, he starts off with saying, you guys know that it's, it's not, it's, it's unlawful for a Jew like me to associate with Gentiles. I mean, that's a, that's a very interesting way to start his message as a guest invited to this home. All right. Of this centurion man. Soldier who was well-educated, wealthy, he gathered all his friends and family, like, come hear what this guy has to say. And he starts off with saying, you guys know it's it's really not, a, like, it's not a lawful thing for me, a Jew, to be here with you guys, right, and doing this right, what we're doing here. And yet, he has this revelation that came from God. Uh, verse 28, and he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So here's what God was doing in his heart. This was a spirit-filled Christian, apostle, leader in the church who had some prejudice in his heart that needed to be dealt with. And there are Christians today who continue in prejudice and racism and partiality when it comes to people that are different than them. And God wants to deal with it through the power of the gospel. This is a heart thing. This is a part of sanctification. This is a part of following Jesus and learning to love others like Jesus loves us. Okay, And it's not an easy thing. We need the power of the Holy Spirit and of the gospel to change us from the inside out to love people who look different than us or talk different or worship different. All right, because we are all made in the image of God, regardless of what cultural, uh, racial, ethnic background you have. You are made in the image of God and you have value and worth to God. So God told Peter, don't call, don't call anyone common or unclean. These are people that have been made in the image of God. Look to the person next to you and say, you are made in the image of God. You reflect the image of God. That's a beautiful thing. Therefore, you have value and you have worth before God. And you should have value and worth before others. Here at City Church, we value life. We value young, little lives. We value old lives. Older, wiser. I'd love to see older, more, more older folks in here. Um, we have a lot of young ones too. We value, we value people from all different backgrounds. We love people and we value life. Life is a precious gift from God to be enjoyed and celebrated and lived up for His glory. Because he is the author and the sustainer of life. 
So Cornelius, this Gentile, is getting to hear the good news of Jesus. God was doing this work in his heart. He was a God-fearing man. He was a man of prayer. He was a devout man. He was a pretty good person externally. He had some good things going on for him. But he needed to be saved. He needed to trust Jesus. This is important. Because there's a lot of people that I've met who say, yeah, I'm a good person. Yeah, I go to church. I know God. I'm walking with God. But they need the gospel just as much as some lost heathen out there who's addicted to drugs and stealing and robbing and doing terrible things. He, they, a, a, a quote good person needs Jesus just as much as some, some wild heathen out there on the streets. We all need the gospel of Jesus Christ to hear it, to believe it, what Jesus Christ has done for us saved. Now check this out. Peter goes on. In verse 34, and he begins to preach the gospel. Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea. Beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed. Listen to this, verse 38. I love this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. That's my Jesus right there. Jesus went about, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good. Here's the ultimate good life. A life lived in moral uprightness and godliness. Jesus went about doing good, demonstrating the power of God, healing those who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. The Spirit of God was upon him to do these things. In Luke 4.18, he quotes Isaiah 61, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus came as the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, the one the Jewish people looking for. They were living in a broken world just as we are today. And they were looking for one who would come and make things right. Because things weren't right. They were oppressed. They had been oppressed by many. At this time, it was the, it was the Roman, Roman rule. They were under Roman rule. And they were waiting for this Messiah to come and, and make things right. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to make us right. He came to restore us, to heal us, to, to set us straight, to redeem us. And he's coming back to complete that work. We'll see him again. So he was healing those who were oppressed. And he goes on and he continues to preach here. And he says, and we are witnesses. By the way, this is what Jesus said they would be. You would be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And they put him to death by hanging on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. 
And he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Peter preaches the gospel. What is the gospel? Young people, do you know what the gospel is? Can you say it in one sentence if, if I were to ask you or if somebody at your school or in your neighborhood were to ask you, what's the gospel? I hear Christians talk about the gospel, the good news. What is that? What would you say that is? What are some components of it to describe the gospel? Any young people want to give it a shot? Gabe, what's the gospel, bud? Jesus's birth, Jesus's birth is uh life and his and his death and his resurrection that's very good his life his death and his resurrection and i would add in burial there too his death his burial his resurrection his life his death his burial his resurrection very good gabe so peter hits on this he talks about jesus's life he went about doing good healing all who were oppressed of the devil jesus lived the perfect life he never sinned he lived the perfect life that you and I have failed to live. Jesus lived it up perfectly before God the Father. And yet he died in the place of us who are guilty as sinners and deserve death because of our sin. We need a savior because we're broken. We need to be cleansed through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. And he makes us clean. He makes us one. As a family. And so the gospel is that Jesus Christ came as the son of God and he gave his life for us. He lived perfectly and righteously and he offered his life as the sacrifice for our sins. He died on the third day. He was resurrected from the dead. He's alive. He's conquered the grave. In just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate Easter and we're going to remember and celebrate that Jesus is risen from the grave. And we too, who believe in him, will rise with him. We'll have eternal life with him. And so we're going to celebrate that together. So Peter preaches this gospel. And as he's preaching the gospel, I love what happens. The Holy Spirit falls upon these people, on these Gentiles. By the way, the Holy Spirit... Where the gospel is proclaimed and preached, the Holy Spirit just kind of soars and just he works in people's hearts and lives as Jesus is proclaimed. Actually, the, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus, to give glory to Jesus Christ. Uh, John 6, Jesus said that that's what the Spirit would do. He would glorify Jesus. Look at verse 44 with me. While Peter was still these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. He didn't even have time to give an invitation. Like, okay, repent, believe the gospel. Like, as he's talking about Jesus, the Spirit of God falls upon this group of people, of Gentiles here. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter, they were amazed. Because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. They're like, what's going on here? This is a paradigm shift for these Jewish people. For Peter and these Jewish Christians who are with Peter. 
because God is sovereignly saving Gentiles. And they're like, what's going on? They're amazed by this. And God is confirming that salvation, giving evidence to that salvation of these Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit to live inside of them. So they were amazed for they were hearing, they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water from baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked him to remain for some days. This is beautiful, isn't it? God is sovereign to save anybody he wants. He's free to save anyone he wants. We talked about that last week when we looked at the Apostle Paul. Saul, who was a terrorist. He was terrorizing Christians, having them thrown in the prison, having them killed. And God sovereignly stepped into the history of Saul of Tarsus' life, knocked him off of his animal, and saved him. And Saul thought he was serving God. He thought he was doing a good thing by having Christians thrown in jail and killed. And Jesus shows up and he's like, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he's, Saul says, Lord, who are you? He didn't realize that he was persecuting Jesus' followers. He was persecuting Jesus. And God sovereignly saved Saul. Now we see God sovereignly saving Gentiles. And some of the Jewish people had to work through some prejudice in their heart when this was going on. It's kind of like the story of Jonah. Y'all remember the story of Jonah, young people? God told Jonah to go down to Nineveh and preach to that great city and tell them to repent. Because God's going to bring judgment if they don't repent. And Jonah didn't want to do that. Jonah went down to Joppa. By the way, that's where Peter was hanging out. Peter was hanging out at Joppa with a guy, another guy named Simon who was a tanner. Okay? And so Jonah goes down to Joppa to take a ship to Tarshish to to flee from the presence of the Lord because he didn't want to do what God told him to do. And you know what? Why he he didn't want to do that? Later on in chapter 4 of Jonah, the Bible tells us because Jonah knew that God was gracious and merciful, that God would have mercy on the Ninevites if Jonah went and preached repent god's gonna overtake this city and so they did they heard the message of jonah after jonah went got swallowed up into the belly of a great fish god humbled him all right and jonah went and he did what god told him to do and then he preached the message and then he goes he steps outside of the city just in case god does judge the city he didn't want to be there so he's watching it and god doesn't destroy the city and you know what jonah gets mad he's like he throws a fit like He throws a little temper tantrum like immature children tend to do when they don't get what they want, right? So Jonah throws this temper tantrum like, God, I knew you were going to do this, God. God had mercy on him because God is gracious and compassionate. He doesn't want people to perish. He wants to give mercy and grace. And you know what? God is free to give mercy and grace out to anybody he wants, now, sometimes, young people, it bothers us when when a brother or sister or a friend or somebody does something that we don't like, and they get mercy and grace. And we're just, and you're thinking, oh, just, 
they need a spanking, right? Mom and dad, or you tell the teacher or the principal, they, they need to get in trouble for what they did. But they got mercy and grace in spite of their unkindness or their rudeness or their sin, right? God loves giving mercy and grace to people. We love it, don't we? It feels really good when we receive mercy and grace from, from God. And we should rejoice to see other people receive mercy and grace. Do you know heaven throws a big party when one sinner repents? When one sinner repents of their sins, the angels in heaven rejoice because of that one sinner who repents. You see, in Jesus' day, there were religious Jews, Jewish leaders, who were not so happy about sinners repenting and, and getting included into the community of faith. Right? Kind of like the prodigal son's brother. Like, oh gosh, why are you, dad, why are you showing him so much grace and mercy and love? So the Jewish people had this prejudice to overcome within their heart. And they, they needed to surrender to what God was doing in saving Gentile people. He gave the Holy Spirit to them. So Peter in Acts 11, he has to go back and explain to the leaders and, and the, 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 the Jewish Christians what was going on. And they ask him, well, it says here in Acts 11:15, Peter's giving an explanation. He says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit just fell on them just as us at the beginning. By the way, this was like a Gentile Pentecost. In Acts 2, there was Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out. And there were Jewish people speaking in tongues, praising God. And there was just this move of the Spirit. And this is happening with the Gentiles as well. And he said, I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them... As he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could stand in God's way? Or when they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God. Saying then to the Gentiles, also God has granted repentance that leads to eternal life. Amen. I love what Peter says here. He says that the Holy Spirit was given. He says the same gift was given to them. God gave them the same gift that he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you get the Holy Spirit. Paul says this in, in Ephesians 1.13, that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise when you believe. You get the presence of Almighty God living inside of you. And that confirms your salvation as a child of God. Okay? And the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. And he tells us, we're children of God. You belong to God. God is your Father. And Peter says, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Who was I to try to stop God from saving these Gentiles, God can save anybody he wants, and I'm just going to let him do what he wants to do. Actually, I'm going to join in with what he's wanting to do. And so they all fell silent. They glorified God. They praised God. God had granted repentance to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were coming to faith. Um, 
And did I say what a Gentile is? Some of you young people are probably wondering, like, what's a Gentile? Dad, mom, what's a Gentile? Gentiles are, well, look to the person next to you. We're all Gentiles in here. Okay, unless, do we have any Jewish people in here? No? Okay. Anybody? Okay. A Gentile is a non-Jewish person. Somebody who's not Jewish. Okay? Aren't you glad that the good news of Jesus Christ went to the Gentiles? If this didn't happen, then, and God didn't choose to do this in in history at some point, then we wouldn't be here today and be believers in Jesus Christ who now have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and are part of one family in Jesus. Amen? So we should be grateful that God is sovereign and free to save anyone he wants, that he has this plan to have a multi-ethnic church. That is That comes straight from the heart of God. It has many challenges to our comforts. It's not an easy thing to create. There are churches that try really hard to make this happen. But this is a work of the Spirit of God. This is a work that the gospel of Jesus Christ produces. The good news of Jesus Christ produces as we embrace it, as we believe it, as we let the Spirit of God do His work in our hearts. The Spirit deals with our prejudice and racism, our partiality, the way we view others and treat others. And the Spirit teaches us to love all people is a powerful witness to the world when the world sees that. The Apostle Paul explained the theological implication of this. He says, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which was made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace and who has made us both one And has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. That he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. Making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. Thereby killing the hostility. The gospel brings reconciliation. It changes our hearts. It tears down the barriers and the walls that separate us from one another. And we must be intentional about letting God do this work in us. Here's some application here. Ask God to reveal any barriers in your heart or mind that would keep you from reaching across racial or cultural walls to share the gospel with others. Is there anything in your heart or mind that would keep you from going to somebody that you think is different than you culturally, ethnically, and, and keep you from going and sharing the love and the truth of Jesus Christ with them? Fear? Pride? Prejudice? Indifference? Do you care about these other people that are made in the image of God? That if they don't hear and believe the good news of Jesus Christ, they will perish in hell forever. If we really do believe 
that they need the gospel to be saved, to hear it, to believe it, then let us be moved with God's love and compassion to go tell them. And lastly, be intentional about loving and going to those people of different ethnicities for the sake of sharing the gospel with them. It takes intentionality. This, we don't just coast into this. We have to be intentional about it. In response today, I'd like for us to uh, just ask the Holy Spirit to search us and reveal any hurtful way within us. If there's anything in us that's hurtful, that God wants to change in our hearts, in our minds, and in our thinking about how we view other people who are made in the image of God, then let's ask God to, to change us, to, to change our hearts, to change our thinking, to give us his perspective. And as we're, we're doing that, I also want to give an invitation to anybody here who's not yet a Christian. If you're here today and you haven't yet responded to the good news, you've heard it and responded to the good news of Jesus Christ by turning away from your sins and putting your faith in Jesus Christ as the only one who can save you, as the one who is Lord over all. And you want him today to be Lord over your life. We want to give you an invitation to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And you can't have him as one and not the other. He must be Savior and Lord. And Lord means that he's master. He's in charge. He calls the shots. He's Lord. He reigns. He rules. And so if you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, would you indicate that by just raising your hand? Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I'll confess you before my Father and his angels. So don't be ashamed of him you want to follow him starting today do you raise your hand if you want to follow jesus if you haven't accepted him and committed your life to him say i want to do that today we want to rejoice with you we want heaven to throw a party over you and you turning from your sins and turning to him in faith i thank you that you draw us to yourself with your loving kindness and your mercy and your grace i pray that you would Draw the hearts of every person here close. And may we be moved with compassion, with love for all people.